Hi, you're listening to my mom, Cat Lee, on the Inspired to Action podcast. Hey, can I listen to it? Hey, this is Cat Lee, and you are listening to the Inspired to Action podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about inspiration, art, and motherhood with Emily Freeman from the blog Chatting at the Sky. Her new book, called A Million Little Ways, releases on October the 1st, which I think this podcast is launching on Wednesday. October the 2nd. So that means that right now, while you're listening to this, you can either drive on over to the bookstore, you can click over to Amazon, and you can get a copy of Emily's new book, which I know is going to inspire you, especially in this crazy season of motherhood. Finding art and finding the art that you were made to create and made to live, you're going to love this book, and you're going to love this interview with Emily today. But before we dive into that, I just wanted to give a shout out to a few of you who have left comments over on the iTunes page. I really seriously appreciate you all doing that because it helps us get great guests for the podcast and it helps more moms find the podcast. So I want to say thank you to Molly Walquist and to Hamby Jig, hope I said that right, uh, for leaving those comments. And a bunch of you left great um, or tagged me on Instagram and I loved seeing where you guys watch where you guys watch? What am I doing? Is this a TV show? Where you guys listen to the podcast? A lot of you do it while exercising and a lot of you do it while doing the dishes. So thanks for letting um, us be a part of that. Uh, So Michelle Lynn Alt, thanks for sharing um, on Twitter about the podcast and Kids Communicate. Thanks for sharing and um, a bunch of other people. One thing that I learned about Instagram actually is that it doesn't allow you to scroll back as far as you want to. So I actually got tagged by a bunch of people, and I can't go back and see what their names are. I'm so sorry. I promise I won't do that again. So this week, I'd love it if you would tag uh, me, and my uh, name on Instagram is inspired2action, the word two. My Twitter handle is inspired2action with the number two, so it's a little confusing. But you can tag me on either, and I'd love to see where you listen to the podcast, what you're getting done, and how much you enjoyed it. You can also tag Emily P. Freeman for this episode of the podcast, too. I'm sure she'd love to know that you're listening. So thanks to Barb Guetta for listening um, to the podcast while you did some dishes. And to everybody else for listening, I so appreciate it. I really love doing these podcasts. And I didn't know if that was just kind of because I'm geeky and a little bit a little bit nerdy. Um, and I didn't know how well other moms would enjoy listening to them. And I'm so thankful for the feedback that you guys have given because it's super fun for me to do these. And I'm glad to know that it's been fun for you to enjoy them as well. A couple other podcasts that I thought I'd mention. Um, one is the Hello Mornings podcast. If you have been Following Inspired to Action for a while, you know that I wrote an ebook called Maximize Your Mornings, and that helped launch um, a challenge or a movement really called Hello Mornings. Well, we're starting a Hello Mornings podcast, and the first episode is over up, is over up, is up over at hellomornings.org. And uh, I also podcast with Tish Oxenrider on the Simple Mom podcast, and she podcasts with uh, five other women, and we all just kind of take turns chatting with Tish, and it is A whole bunch of fun, and those other women are amazing and inspiring, and I know you'll want to check that out as well. Another podcast I really enjoy that's not about motherhood, but I think you can glean a lot from it is the Michael Hyatt podcast. It's mostly really about business, but I think business and motherhood aren't as different as we really think that they are because business is a lot about leadership and management and organization, and really that's what a lot of motherhood is about too. 
So those are just a few podcasts I thought I'd mention for you to check out. If you have a favorite podcast, I would love it if you would share in the comments on this episode so that we can help other moms find other great content to listen to while they do their chores or go running or wherever it is that you listen. Um, so the next thing that I wanted to chat about was back to school. I may have mentioned this before, but wow, back to school and summer are very different experiences. I don't know about y'all, but um, school started off with a bang this year. We went from lazy summer days where the only thing on our agenda each day was swimming and maybe napping. And now, man, we have, uh, you know, I have three kids and one does volleyball, another does cheerleading, and another does soccer. And there are practices and there are games. And they also do orchestra. Now, that's at school, so I'm thankful for that. We don't have an extra place to go. But still, even with one thing for each kid outside of school, it is packed. And we're just running around. And if I seem a little tongue-tied today, it's because I also have that new puppy, Captain, who I've mentioned a few times and we're actually going to chat about. I'm going to ask for some counseling from Emily, as you'll hear later in the podcast. But So he had his first veterinary appointment today, and he, um, let's just say he lost his breakfast on the drive home. Apparently he gets car sick. So that was pleasant, and then I have a sick kid, and then I have another kid that the school just called and said that she might need to get picked up because she doesn't feel good. So Phew! It is a crazy life, this motherhood thing. And I was thinking about it, and, you know, sometimes when my husband goes out of town, it's just, you know, the crazy is kicked up another level. And so it just made me really think about single moms. So if you are a single mom out there listening to this, you are pretty much just a rock star. I am in awe of you and how you manage it all and handle it all. And I just want to say thank you for doing what you're doing. Thank you for your faithfulness to your children. Thank you for giving it your all. You are awesome and inspiring. And if you know a single mom, go encourage her today. Uh, do something for her. Buy her a Starbucks gift card. Um, treat her to dinner. Bring dinner over. Do something for her. Uh, my dad was a single dad. And uh, we just loved it when family members would you know, bring dinner over, have us over for dinner or whatnot. So, um, yeah, if you know a single mom, do something special for today. If you are a single mom, you are awesome. And I'm so thankful for everything you're doing to invest in your children. So, yeah, we're just going to get into the rest of this podcast. We're chatting with Emily Freeman from Chatting at the Sky. And she's going to be talking about some of the stuff from her new book, A Million Little Ways. So let's just dive right into that. Hey Emily, how are you? I'm great. What what um what have you been up to so far today? So far today, I have uh drinking coffee and then reheated my coffee in my microwave, which is what I do every morning at least 3 times. <laughs> you 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 drinking coffee. I drinking. Did I say drinking? <laughs> I'm a writer. Did. They pay me to write and speak. <laughs> <laughs> and so you create words. I do. <laughs> it's awesome. Well, <laughs> I'm drinking coffee. <laughs> okay. I'm going to try not to laugh throughout this entire podcast. I'm drinking coffee too right now. So you heat yours up. You should get one of those like thermos things. That's a great idea. In but, theory. you know, it, I, I just like my mugs too much. Got it. Got it. Do you have a favorite? I do. I'm drinking out of my Target owl mug right now with the oh. with the orange inside. Nice. Target has the best mugs. And I think my grandmother, I remember she always had like a, a mug collection. I never really thought about it. 
the, like above the cabinets, she had them sitting oh, yeah. up there. Oh, and, yeah. And now that I'm getting older, I'm like, I think I've reached the mug collection age. Because... <laughs> you get it. You totally get it now. <laughs> yes. I see mugs. I'm like, oh, I want that one. Right. And, and, and it's kind of, it's almost like putting on my superhero outfit. When I open the cabinet, there are my selection of mugs. <laughs> and what superpower do I want today? And do I want the podcasting oh, mug that my friend Kelly good. gave me? Or, yeah. So, coffee. Awesome. Um, well, so we, neither you nor I should be in any sort of administrative field because uh, neither of us are really have a good grasp on the time zone concept. <laughs> I'm glad it's not like life or death situation to figure out the difference between our two time zones. Yes. It's just one hour. Yes. This really. is why we're not surgeons or anything that requires detail. We, we do things that have, well, you do things that have an editor, which is helpful. I just, yeah. Amen, sister. I just broadcast mistakes out there. But <laughs> yeah. So for everybody listening, we, uh, we emailed back and forth several times and we're like, oh yeah, we're going to do it at this time. And we're like, oh, but don't forget the time zone. Okay. We're great. And then this morning we realized we totally have the time zones backward. So backwards. Like the sun comes up in the West. It's <laughs> no, not. Basic concepts that we just weren't really grasping. Um, so uh, also for everybody listening, so I'm not just interviewing, uh, so I'm interviewing Emily because she has a new book coming out and I want to talk about it because I think it's super applicable to this season of life. But I also just love Emily. For those of you who don't know, we went to the Philippines together on a trip with the Compa Compassion Bloggers. And just to, I'm sure you probably already know her and already love her, but I just want to tell you this quick story just so you can know her and love her that much more and know why I love her so much. When, you know, when we went to the Philippines, if, if you're new to the podcast and you don't know this, so I never knew my mom. She was from the Philippines. She passed away when I was a baby. Didn't know her or her family. Grew up with my all-American dad and his side of the family. And, um, but then went with Compassion a few years ago to the Philippines and very randomly, but not randomly by the grace of God, was able to meet my family while I was there. And so this whole trip was just a huge emotional thing. One, I'm leaving my family for a week, which I've never done. I'm traveling on the other side of the world by myself, which I've never done with a bunch of strangers, which right. I've never done. Was, <laughs> I'm just like, oh my gosh, I, I, I was a little bit emotional before the trip. And so then we're on the plane from Tokyo to Manila. And I'm just like, you know, full of emotion about going to this place that my mom knew. And, and part of the hard thing for me is that my husband wasn't there and I was with all these people that I didn't know. And, and I would just remember thinking, I just wish somebody would just, I, I wish people had a, an idea of really what this means to me. And so then we're walking, we arrive in Manila and we're walking down the jetway and, and going to customs and Emily walks up next to me and she's just, you know, I was just thinking, this must be, I mean, I don't remember the exact phrase she said, but she said something along the lines of, I was just thinking about how incredible this must be for you. And, you know, so then of course I'm like ugly crying going through customs and they're very skeptical of whether or not they should <laughs> let me into the country. But just that she, you know, this is obviously a huge thing for her too, uh, going over, you know, leaving her family, going overseas. And I'm, I'm pretty sure, Emily, you're not a huge fan of flying. If that's I'm not correct. a fan. I'm yeah. really not a big fan. Yeah. So, and so for her, just to, as soon as we get there, first thing she says to me, and uh, so all that to say, she um, notices people and she notices things and I highly value her words. And so I want you to listen today and I hope that it's really going to encourage you. And so 
that's my little spiel to everybody listening and now we're going to actually chat with Emily. But um, so Emily, you have a, you have a new book coming out. I have a new book coming out. Tell me a little it's bit It's crazy. It. So, so this book is called A Million Little Ways and the subtitle is Uncover the Art You Were Made to Live. I really believe and, and I'm being more convinced as I get older um, that we all have an art alive within us. And, and that can be, you know, art as, as traditionally you think of it, like maybe you're a closet singer or a painter or a dancer, but, but bigger than that, I really believe that there's something really unique about the life of Christ as he's united with me and that he wants to come out of our individual personalities through the filter of our personalities. And it's going to look different coming out of you, um, than he does coming out of me. And so that's why there's, you know, I, I grew up thinking that, you know, being a Christian had to look a certain way and mean a certain thing. And um, or or even like when I became a mom, I sort of thought like, okay, there's a right way to do this and there's a wrong way to do this. And I've got to figure out the right way and avoid the wrong way. And and I'm just really learning that that's um, that really the bottom line is that there are maybe a million little ways to be myself in the world and that it might look different now than it did even seven years ago when I, you know, when I was different than I am now. So I just, this book is really sort of hopefully will walk alongside the reader and really um, invite people to uncover what, what, what it is that they have to offer the world and, and that it really is something uh, beautiful and unique. And, and, and hopefully I'll introduce some practices that help, that help people uncover what that might look like. Wow. You know, as you were talking, I was like, I never, ever, ever thought of it that way before. So, you know, art is never copycat. It's not art if you just copy exactly what somebody else is doing. But if you look at all of us as artists, as, you know, revealing Jesus through who we are, then as moms, we always look at motherhood. Okay, I need to fit into this exact copy right. of what I should be. I, I don't know. That was that was very that that was very eye opening. There's a different way for me to look at it. If we look at ourselves as artists, you know, whether or not we actually have that skill. Right. Or not. Right. Yeah. Because a lot of people are like, oh, that's great. You're writing a book for artists. Well, I'm not one. So they tune out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think artists, people traditionally, people who would call themselves that would self-identify. I'm an artist. Absolutely. I hope they relate with this book. But when I wrote it, that's not who I had in mind. I really was thinking about just, um, you know, I want to call all ordinary people, um, that you don't have to be extraordinary to live life like, like an artist. You just have to be regular. And, and I really believe that, um, I mean, I just have this crazy idea that we all are artists. I mean, if God says that he made us in his image, the very first thing we know about him is in the beginning God created. And if he, if that's the first thing we know about God as a creator, and the first thing we know about humans is that we were made in his image, then wouldn't that mean then that somehow us being fully human and fully alive has to do somehow with the fact that we are also co-creators with him? And what might that look like in my life? I know that a lot of times I walk through life like, you know, sort of like a, almost like I'm living my life as if it's a list. Like I have this next thing to do and this next thing to do. And then I realize, hmm, I have a headache. My jaw hurts. I'm clenching. What is this? And I, and I, that's always evidence to me that I'm living life like a list. But what might it look like if I were to embrace an artful life in a way that I could live life more like a lyric? than like a list. And I've really been exploring that. And that's what, you know, through the process of writing this book, it was terrifying because I started to think, what if it's not possible? Like, what if, what if list living really is the only grown up option? Because when you're a kid, you look at kids, like they know how to be artists. Like they don't, 
they don't live a linear life. They sort of flit from one thing to the next. Mm -hmm. And for type A's out there, you might be like, I don't want to live that way. Um, which is fine because that's not you. But I, I think so many times I deny my true desires and my the things that I'm naturally lean toward because sometimes I try to push those things down like, well, maybe that's me being selfish. Maybe that's me um, looking for, for something that really I don't deserve to have. Um, it was like that for when I first started writing, honestly, Kat, like I, I was, I went to school to be a sign language interpreter. Actually, I went to school to be a piano major, but I quickly realized that wasn't going to work out. You're pretty well-rounded there. Well-rounded. Well, everything has to do with my hands, which is hilarious Mm. because I was like piano and then not great enough to be awesome. So I switched to sign language interpreting and I did that for years, um, years, I say, you know, seven years, I guess I worked as an interpreter. Um, I'm not that old, but anyway, so I did that for a while. Um, and then I had, twi- then we had the twins. And so when I became a mom of two babies at one time, you know, and all the crazy that comes along with that, um, I, I didn't work, do sign language interpreting anymore simply because I didn't have time. I, I was, I was working at home now with the girls, but that was when I first started to remember, oh, I used to love to write and I would like to do that again. So that's when I started a blog, but there was always this like gnawing sense of guilt. Like, like you can't, oh, you can't take time for yourself and write this blog because you need to be doing fill in the blank, whatever that is. Um, but you know, it, I've realized over the years and now looking back, it wasn't so much the writing itself that I so longed for, although that played a part. But really, it was it was something about becoming more fully myself, and writing was a part of that for me. And I've now realized that, and I now want to give it the respect that I think that it deserves, the respect that I think God gives it, and the way that I think writing writing for me as a, makes me a better mom and a better wife. And that's part of the art that I believe that that Christ wants to express through me is through writing. Mm-hmm. You know, it makes me think of. Um... His name is blanking, but the guy from Chariots of Fire, the the, the oh Eric Little, Eric yeah. Little, and how he says God made me for a purpose, but He also made me fast, and when I run, I feel his I feel pleasure. His pleasure. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. I think that we could hopefully all say that in whatever it is we do every day, even if it's not, even if it's not that thing that you know. Some people are like, "Well, I don't have." Here's an example. Ready, cat. So I, I wrote about this a lot a couple of years ago in my blog, and I still do, but it first started to come out on the blog a few years ago. And as I did, you know, it ended up sort of being a series on art, living life artfully, even though I didn't necessarily plan it that way. It just was what was coming out of me. And I had an email from a woman who who was very gracious and and seemed to relate some to what I was saying, but she also said, um, she also said that that this, she said anytime she saw one of her friends writing or, or just people doing that, she always wished that she were doing that. Like she, she said that in, in the comment on the blog and I wrote her back because, you know, I can't keep my own, my nose out of my own business. So I, or out of her business. So I wrote her back and I just said, you know, why aren't you doing that then? If you, if writing is something that you always think of, what I wonder what, what's keeping you from doing that. And I'll never forget what she said to me back. She wrote back and she said, you know, this season of my life won't necessarily afford me the pleasure of indulging in my wildest dreams. And I thought that's really interesting to me because whenever I hear the word wild dream, I think of like things that are impossible, like, you know, I don't know, walking on the moon, if you're just like, you know, not an astronaut or something crazy and wild. But, but she referred to writing as a wild dream. And I thought, you know, that's, that's really something to pay attention to. What are those things that we are putting up above and saying that thing right there, that's a wild dream that I can never, I can never practice. And, and the second thing I wonder is, why do we always assume that 
pursuing our those wild dreams always have to come at, at the cost of something else that we have to shirk all responsibility. Well, I'm responsible, so I can't. Why can't we do both? Why can't we find small ways to express ourselves in the ways that we believe we were made to express ourselves and embrace that and, and as something that is beautiful and worshipful and not feel like we have to hide or, or wait um, or, or, or put it aside as something that's not important? Why can't that be a full part of our lives? And, you know, I've struggled through that and I, and I still sometimes question, but I, I'm questioning it less. Well, and it's like, it's just that I would, I mean, not speaking into this woman's life in particular, but I know for so many of us, it's the perfectionistic tendency that if I can't do it exactly right, if I can't go write in a cabin over a long weekend, then I'm not really writing, you know, writing on a scrap of paper in the school pickup line isn't writing. And so letting go of that perfection, that desire for having it be a certain way. And like you said, just finding the million little ways that we can do it yes. instead of thinking about how we can't do it. Absolutely. Um, Preach it. A friend of mine, I don't know if you're familiar with Liz Griffin. She's on Twitter at Larkin Bloom. And um, she I, she spoke at a conference this weekend and she said something. She, she works a lot with like um, human trafficking organization. Mm -hmm. And she said, you know, when I had kids, my life got a whole lot narrower. But I had to choose to believe that narrow doesn't mean small. And just because my life was narrower God's calling and plans for my life weren't smaller. Mm, that's and good. I was just like, oh, that's, that's really good. And so, you know, for moms listening, our, our season of life is narrower. But I don't think that those things that he's called us to or those gifts that he's given us or those passions that we have are the things that need to be weeded out. You know, those are the things that we need to make place for in this season of our life. So I, I know a lot of moms probably feel especially maybe after they've had a few kids like that's buried like they just don't feel like they have that art in them mm -hmm. how do they uncover that um it's a great question and one that i i hesitate to even begin to imply that i'm any kind of expert in answering it um but i do feel like there are things that we can do one is um pay attention to those things that make you cry I have to notice that I'm I'm not I, I am a particularly um, emotional person, if I must admit, which I hate to say and sometimes because sometimes I feel stupid for crying about dumb things. But I'm learning to pay attention to the things that I tear up tear up over. And not just like, oh, that movie was sad, but like what was it about was there a particular word or a phrase or a relationship that really brought tears to mind? And to pay attention to that, because so often I feel like that, that tears aren't just tears. But they're tiny messengers. They're hints to our unique design. And so what is it that brings those tears up to the surface? I think that they, they can let us know a little bit of what of what it is that makes our soul feel alive. Um, another thing I feel like is to really pay attention to where you are right now and not try to figure out where you um, – where you wish you were instead. Mm. I really believe that that God is not limited by our circumstance or by our disappointments or by our um, any of those things that we limit ourselves by. Um, I, I really believe that He can be with us right where we are, and He wants to live through us right where we are, no matter what that is. You know, you've been given your life, you've been given your deadlines, you've been given these children at your table, you've been given your sick parents, and so what are what are the unique ways that that you can partner with Christ in your life right now today on an ordinary 
Tuesday or whatever day it is um, and really discover how uh, your unique personality blended with the life of Christ might come out and and reach people around you or really just just know yourself better. Sometimes I feel like exploring some of these things can feel a little selfish, but I, I agree with the people who say that knowing myself is knowing God and knowing God is knowing myself. I think that they go hand in hand, if that makes any sense. So it's important to pay attention to. And another thing is this, um, pay attention to your limits. So many times, you know, that, that phrase, the sky's the limit. Mm-hmm. Okay. False. That's only true if you're an airplane. Um, and even then it's not true because, you know, like airplanes have a limit, like they can only go so high. Um, and I think that's really, the, the sky's not the limit. I, you know, I have limits. I have, I have time limits. I have money limits. I have relationship limits. I have, there's lots of things that we are, that, that we have that are, are limited, but, um, there's a, a quote by, uh, oh gosh, this is terrible. I hate it when I think of a quote and I can't think of who said it. Henry Matisse, Harold Matisse, Henry Matisse, who Henry, says, uh, yeah, like, who uh, is that? Henri Matisse, like with the eye, the oh, painter. Yes. Okay. That's him. So you said so good. Say it again. Henri Matisse. Henri Matisse. <laughs> My French grandmother's probably like, she said that totally wrong. She did. Right. But he said, much of the beauty that arises in art comes from the struggle an artist wages with his limited medium. So, if, if you have all these things at your fingertips, it can be overwhelming and there's no reason to be creative. But if you, if you actually have, look, I have this few hours or I have this one day or I have these limits, they, they can force us to sort of move within the limits and uncover, okay, what is it that I can do today? Or what is this going to look like today within these limits? It's so, it almost, if you think about the way that God came to earth, Jesus came down and limited himself to human, to, to like flesh and skin. And he had to eat and he had to sleep and he had to, he was limited to this body and this is infinite God. And he limited himself to humanity. Yet look at what he did in those limits. And so I, I believe that our limits can be holy and can be divine and can actually push us forward into what that narrow way is for us right now, if that makes any sense at all. Totally. Do you feel like becoming a mom um, and having those limits, you know, like my friend said about life being narrow, do you feel you would be where you are if you hadn't been a mom first? Do, do you know what I'm saying? I think so. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't think so because I can't imagine, um, I can't imagine learning the things I've learned and being the person I am without having had the life that I've had so far. Um, so it's hard to, you know, imagine that, but I, Yeah, I don't think so. I think it's really been, I mean, my kids, golly day, my kids, (laughs) I've learned so much from having to live in small ways, the truth that I, that I talk about. Um, My girls asked me last year, they asked me every, every week they asked if I would come and read to their classroom and every week I had things to do and, and I could have found ways to fill my time that were like, you know, my kids go to public school and these are the hours that they're in school and I have to get all my stuff done while they're in school. But, but I did go on Fridays last year to read to their classroom. And I remember showing up one day, I was just frazzled and I had this to-do list and I was thinking of all the other things I could be doing than coming here to read. And yet I went and I showed up even though I felt inadequate and rushed. Um, and I had Ivy and Bean with me. Cause that's what we were reading at the time, third grade. Woo-hoo. And I, I really did this. I paused outside their classroom and I asked the Lord, what would it mean today, Lord, for me to show up in this classroom less like a programmer or a manager and more like a poet or an artist? 
And I really believe that he was simply asking me, like, this is what it looks like. You walk in, you see those students, you are present with them in those 20 minutes. No, the dishes aren't done at home. Yes, you still have things you have to do when you leave. But right now, where you are, be all there. Be where you are, as you are, with what you have to offer. And don't feel like you have to be anything other than that. And, you know, it was we read and it was enjoyable and it wasn't magic and it wasn't nobody's life was changed. <laughs> um, it was very ordinary. But I felt when I left there, I felt like, oh, that's what it means to show up as a poet and not as a programmer. It means I don't have an agenda. I just want to be with you. So good. So good. You know, I'm sure that there are a lot of moms listening that are like, yeah, that's great, but it's not connecting because they just don't feel like that's them. Like they have something to offer or that I'm just, I want, I so want every mom listening to get this because you're talking about list living and lyric living. And I think that you know, like for me, when I'm working on the blog or trying to write or, or record a podcast or something, if I go too long without just really having a late night YouTube um, music binge, or if I go <laughs> too long without playing the guitar, or if I go too long without just really putting my headphones on and listening deeply to music, uh, I just really dry up and my list living gets really lame. And at the same time, <laughs> if I give in too much to just music and, and doing music stuff, then um, my then I don't feel that creativity. So I just think both sides are, are such a balance and they feed into one another and help one another. So for the moms out there that feel like they're just like they're just list living um, yes. and they just don't even know if they can lyric live or if they just don't feel like. I just want them to connect. So what would you just say to the mom right now that's just like, okay, this is great and I'm going to move on. How would you how would you grab them? How would you say you are called to art? I'm I'm really throwing hard hitting questions here. You are. You're good at this, Sorry. Barbara Walters. Um I think it all comes down to this. If you if and I speak to those who are believers in Christ because I for me, the full expression of your art is really as your life is united with the life of Christ. And so um, this this artful living, this way of living that is not a list but is a lyric, for me, all it is is simply this. It's whatever my anxieties are, whatever my fears, whatever the list is today, bring it into the presence of Christ. It's not me trying hard to live like a lyric because that misses the whole point. Um, and some people that might not even appeal like that. That's ridiculous. That sounds hokey and, you know, like tree hugging or whatever. And maybe it is, but, but, but all it is and whatever that is for you, maybe it's a different word. Maybe it's a different word picture. It's simply taking all of those things, um, that, 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 clench your jaw, all of those things that keep your shoulders tight, all of those things that keep you up at night when you're trying to, to relax and fall asleep. It's bringing them into the presence of Christ and, and allowing him into that moment, into those days, into those anxieties, not trying to fix them or change them, but remembering that I'm, I am not doing this alone. Mm, that's it. So it's almost like lyric living is spirit living, just like living in the presence of God and letting him form us and let us um, live out who we made us to be. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I do, I think it's, it's both, it's both uncovering the art you were born to make. Like you talked about 
the YouTube music or the some might be music from you. It might be creating something for you with your hands. It might be cooking. It might be singing. There's there's that piece. Uncover the art you were born to make. But also, what is the art you were made to live? And so there's both a there's both a an active creativity sort of maybe there's something that comes of it like a book or a a poem or a a relationship or a conversation but there's also this living art of of being present in the moment of of not of more what we were talking about before this this lyric rather than the list and so there's sort of two parts of it when i talk about art it's sort of a, a loaded word <laughs> well i think it's a loaded word anyway because it mean it, you know it's just such a broad a broad concept but it is so so as a mom you know you you've written several books um how have you found time instead of saying hey um and speaking just to the listeners and saying okay these are the five ways that you can find time to make art i want you to just tell us how have you found the time you know during the summers when your kids are home obviously during the school year there's a certain period of time but what are some ways and choices that you've had to make in order to make time for your art i think first i had to decide that it was important um I had to give it the respect that I think that that God asked me to give it. I had to agree um, with him that this was something I felt called to do. So those were mental things. But then practical things, I had to get up uh, before the sun (laughs) a lot of times. Um, I've had to have long conversations with my husband uh, about where what we both feel like this is for and and if we both want to give the, the time it needs because the truth is when I'm writing he's doing things that maybe I would have been doing if I wasn't writing um and so yes so definitely making some conscious decisions not just yeah the kids are in school and I can write but let me tell you what there's a billion other things I could be doing while they're in school that sometimes I feel like I, I should be doing um so making some decisions about you know this time is for writing and for nothing else and then when the time for writing is done to really work hard to put it aside so that I can sort of have a different brain space. So when I come back to it, I'm ready to do it again. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So what inspires you when you're, when you're going to sit down to write, do you listen to music? Do you read something else? Do you, what do you do? I do. I, music does. Um, quiet does. Um, sometimes I have to take a walk with my camera that that's for some reason that helps to get things moving sometimes for me. I've also started Julia Cameron's morning pages where um, she wrote The Artist's Way and The Right to Write. She's written a lot of really great books on writing and the craft of writing. But she talks about spending, you know, doing your first thing in the morning before you do anything else, just writing out longhand three pages of anything. It, I mean, like for real, it's not good, Kat. It's not <laughs> like, and I'm going to write the first three chapters of my book. No, it's like, like, Oh, I'm really tired. This is really hard. La 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 la. I mean, really, it's that kind of writing. But it's just she talks about it as if it's getting the cobwebs out. Mm. And it does. It really helps. And I've been surprised that sometimes I'll have a little sentence or two that I can then build on later in my actual writing time. So that's something I do practically that helps me get into it. It's like doing your stretches. Right. Running. That's exactly right. Awesome. Um, Okay. So I want you to give one last little. pep talk. I don't know. So moms are about to turn off their phone and put it down and either go back into the craziness of being with their kids, or maybe they have a few more hours before they have to pick them up from school. What's one last charge that you would give to them to discover their art and to live it out? Um, I think I would just say, 
be aware of how much you long for a a a map or a to do or a tell me how to do this and and really admit how much you want that because I do and then and then maybe perhaps be willing to release that and be willing to know, you know what, I might not change the world today, but I'm going to show up where I am with what I have to offer and allow the God of the universe to live within me and live through me, no matter what it is I face or no matter who it is I'm with, that I'm going to offer them the gift of myself and be a generous artist in, in showing up simply with, with who I am and what I have to offer. Awesome. I love that. Okay. All you moms, air fist bump Emily right now. <laughs> Okay, good. So, um, all right. Well, y'all, that is the, that we're going to wrap it up here. I actually am going to just keep Emily on for one more question. Cause I want to ask her about her dog. Cause I need oh, a little gosh. dog counseling. <laughs> I just got a puppy and, uh, I just need you to tell me that it gets easier. Either that, or you can, <laughs> you can lie to me if you want to, cause I know you have feelings about your dog. Right. So you, so let me get this right. You either want me to tell you it gets easier or to lie. <laughs> <laughs> um, cause this is a Christian podcast. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, got it. No, no. So we got a dog. We got a dog, and I did not like dogs, and I couldn't believe that's allowing an animal to live in my house. Cause that laid around in my house as if he belonged there. How dare he? Um, but let me tell you what I will tell you, and I would tell you the truth. It does get easier, and soon he will be like a piece of the furniture that you don't even know he's there. Um, slash, he'll stop eating the furniture. Does your dog eat the furniture? Yeah, especially my vintage couch that I love so much. He's actually eating the bottom off of it, and he climbs yep. up into the bottom like a hammock. Yeah, no, yeah, dogs. I hate them, yeah. but I kind of don't anymore. He's somehow, I don't know how he did it. It's been three years, and now he's, like, won me over. I don't, don't tell anyone. I hate to admit that because I still <laughs> have to have this, like, persona of how much I don't like dogs, but. He's kind of, he's kind of gotten in there, but yeah, it gets easier. But the chewing, we just had to end up like emptying out our entire sunroom of all chewable furniture. Mm -hmm. And he just sort of had the reign of it. But now cat, now he knows not to go upstairs. So he never does. And we can like leave him in the house. Like when we go to bed at night and he will sleep downstairs and not bother us and not chew things. It's unbelievable. It gets easier. I promise. Except you said three years. So that's making me a little <laughs> nervous. No, but it took, it probably was maybe a year. Okay. After that, that doesn't really make me feel that much better because he's, I know. you know, he's 11 weeks now. Oh my gosh. But no, actually, actually, it is getting better. It is getting better. He's, yeah. he's sleeping through. I actually had to wake him up this morning. It was like a newborn thing, you know, where your baby sleeps longer than you expect. So then you wonder if it's alive. So in my head, right. I'm planning like how to tell the kids that the puppy didn't make it through the night. And right. You're like planning the dog funeral already. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> so, uh, well, thank you for that encouragement. Um, so where can people find you online? When is the book going to come out and where can they get it? Okay. So online, I'm at chattingatthesky.com. Or you can also go to emilypfreeman.com, which is my name. Um, either one takes you to the same place. Uh, the book comes out October 1st, which is basically that's when the e-version is available. But you can probably get the book book in bookstores, you know, starting now, whatever now is when this airs. Um, and then you can get it anywhere, really, that books are sold. Barnes & Noble, Lifeway, Family Christian, online Amazon, CBD, any place like that. And if the bookstore that you are at doesn't have it, you can always request it and, and generally they can get it in. And if they do have it, you can do like I do, and you can um, do a little book rearranging when you get <laughs> face there. Face it out. Yeah, face it out. <laughs> Make sure it stands out. Um, awesome, Emily. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. I um, am confident that moms are going to leave here and create something. And if you guys do, I want you to Instagram it and tag me. I'm inspired to action 
on Instagram. So take a picture of it, tag me, or just take a picture of where you are and tag me and say, hey, I just wrote something or whatever. Um, we'd love to hear about that. But Emily, thank you so much for joining us and uh, we'll talk to you later. Thanks for having me. Okay, isn't Emily fantastic? Go grab a copy of her book. It is on sale right now. You can get it at any of your local bookstores. You can get it online, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, all that. Get a copy, be encouraged, share it with friends, and chat about it and create something. Uh, that's all that we have for today's episode of the podcast. Um, but if you get a chance, I would love it if you would go to inspiretoaction.com forward slash the podcast because I want to hear from you. There's a spot there where you can record a message, and I'd love to share it on a future episode of the show. You can ask a question. We'll have just a random Q&A. Sometimes I'll let you know ahead of time what the topic is. We're going to be doing a podcast on fitness coming up, so if you have a fitness question, you can ask that. Um, but if you'll just share any question you have, if you have an encouragement, if you have a, I don't know, a fun story, I would just love to share your voice on the podcast and make it even more interactive because you get to hear my voice for 30 minutes and that's got to be kind of boring, but I want to share it y'all and share the things that you've learned and the things that you have to encourage or the questions that you have. And if I don't know the answer, I will find it out for you. So go to inspiretoaction.com forward slash the podcast. And as always, you can check out the notes for this session and you can download any of our free eBooks or our free prayer calendars for moms over at the blog. Just go to inspiretoaction.com. Click on the resources link for those ebooks and prayer calendars or click on the podcast link for the notes about this episode. Well, my name is Kat Lee and I hope you have a fantastic, fantastic day today. Here's your virtual fist bump. Go be an awesome mom. You are a mom. You are a big deal. Now go be awesome. <laughs>